Thank you, Mishpacha, for worshipful spirit. Thank you for worshipping today. It's such a beautiful moment. First of all, uh, I would like to say thank you for your hard work. Ren, Shalom. How is Zan? Where is she? Good, brother. We miss her. So happy to see you here. Hallelujah. The Lord is here. Good to see everyone. I would like to uh, continue today and talk about uh, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we are going to very interesting um, subject, very interesting part of these uh, gifts. We will talk about different kinds of tongues. And I know that um, it is very important for us to know these gifts, to move in these gifts. And it's a beautiful, 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 beautiful gift of the Lord. First of all, I would like to say one more time, uh, we are here, it is comfortable. Can you smell anything like bad, like after the fire or anything here? Hmm. It's a miracle. We're in this building, we are alive. We don't need to plan to meet somewhere else and pray for this place. It's a miracle. I mean, the Lord is in the business of miracles. Amen. Think about it. Trust the Lord. Believe in Him. Don't trust your feelings. Don't believe in your circumstances. Trust in the Lord and believe in His Word. This is the only way to go. Before we go continue, I would like to uh, pray for Jamie. We already prayed for him, but I would like to pray one more, one more time. He has back pain, and he's at home, laying in the bed, and Laura also, she has some sore throat. So let's pray for them. Lord, I thank you for Jamie. I thank you for Laura. They are your ministers, your children. Lord, in the name of Yeshua, please touch, touch them right now. Touch them with your healing hand and restore him, Lord. Take this pain away, Lord. Let him be free from this pain. In the name of Yeshua and his son. And also bless and heal Laura in the name of Yeshua. Restore their family, Lord. The beautiful people permitted to you. Part of this Mishpacha, your Mishpacha. We pray for them and we bless them in the name of Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Amen. Also, thank you all who participated in Purim. Last Tuesday was an amazing Purim. I love this camel. <laughs> this camel in my mind for all the time. I love every, everybody. Thank you. Hammond was the best Hammond again. Antonio was the best. He's always the best in this direction. Thank you so much. I enjoy how Anne uh, read this uh, pouring play and when she did this, it's like, <laughs> all the kids were like, <laughs> so good, so good. Thank you very much for everything. It was so beautiful. So we are doing it for the Lord. The Lord is here. And uh, we are doing it for people to know the Lord. Also, thank you, Omeg team, who prepared this hamantashen. Uh, thank you very much for doing that. It was so good. It was timely. After all the play, in time, 
We want to eat. Sounds good. <laughs> so let us uh, begin with First uh, Corinthians. But before, I would like to remind you that uh, the biggest and the most important part about the spiritual gifts is the love of the Lord. The gifts is not about us. It is about the Lord and about His body, His His body, His congregation. So spiritual gifts is not for us to be proud or to be uh, super wise, wise and knowledgeable. It is about our service into the body of Messiah. So this is about spiritual gifts. Remember that always, because I know that Satan tries to use uh, everything to to split, to separate, to to put uh, seeds of uh, anger in the people's hearts. And I know that spiritual gifts are one of the probably biggest subjects that people fight about. I'm super happy that in our congregation we are not about fight, we are about unity. Amen. We are about the Lord. And remember we talked about it, that sometimes we need to step out of our past to inherit our future. Actually, it's always the same. This is the lesson of Exodus. They left their past and they incurred their future. So, the ability to speak in different kinds of tongues. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and let us read from verse 4 to verse 14, Exodus 13. Now, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit gives them. Also, there are different ways of serving, but it is the same Lord being served. And there are different modes of working, but it is the same God working them all in every one. Moreover, to each person is given the particular manifestation of the Spirit that will be for the common good. To one through the Spirit is given a word of wisdom, to another a word of knowledge, in accordance with the same Spirit, to another faith, and by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing, by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to judge between spirits, to another the ability to speak in different kinds of tongues, and to yet another the ability to interpret tongues. One and the same Spirit is at work in all these things, distributing to each person as he chooses. For just as the body is one, but he has many parts, and all the parts of the body, though many, constitute one body. So it is with the Messiah. For it was by one Spirit that we were all immersed into one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, and we were all given the one Spirit to drink. Amen. I love this. Now there are different kinds of gifts. Different kinds of gifts. But the same Spirit gives them. The same Spirit, Ruach HaKodesh. It is very important to remember. So we know that there are two categories of gifts. Gifts of revelation, and we are talking about that. A word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits, other tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Also gifts of power. Faith, healing, and miracles. And we've seen miracles so many times in our congregational life. So, the ability to speak in different kinds of tongues, as it says here, it is verse um, verse 10. The ability to speak in different kinds of tongues, and to yet another, the ability to interpret tongues. The ability to speak in different uh, kind of tongues. Let us together say together different kinds of tongues. Different kinds of tongues. It is not about Russian, Ukrainian, English, as you understand. 
It's about different things. It's about spiritual gifts. Different kinds genus in in Greek means offspring, family, race, or kind. Different kinds. It's not different languages. It is not about different uh, languages from the uh, worldly point of view. It is different kind of tongues. It is different kind of tongues. It's very important to understand. Also, tongues means tongue or language. So let us look at the biblical foundation for speaking in other tongues. It's Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 18. He told them, Go into all the world and proclaim the good news to every creature. He who believes and is immersed shall be saved, but he who does not believe shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will drive out demons and they will speak new languages. Interesting. They will drive out demons and they will speak new languages. It's interesting. It's a promise from the Lord. So they won't drive uh, other languages and speak demonic languages. (laughs) People who believe in the Lord and Yeshua, the Messiah, we have promise from the Lord, first of all, drive out demons, and the second part, speak new languages. What does it mean, new languages? What do you think about new languages? We'll go later with this idea. Is Russian a new language, or Ukrainian a new language, or English is a new language? It's particularly new, but Hebrew, not a new language. It's about different kinds of languages here. So, but let's go, uh, we will talk about it later. Acts chapter 2, verse, from verse 1 to verse 39. It's a beautiful story on Shavuot and the cross. And when the day of Shavuot had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And tongues like fire spreading out appeared to them and settled on each one of them. They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to speak in other tongues as the Ruach enabled them to speak out. Now Jewish people were staying in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound came, the crowd gathered. They were bewildered because each was hearing them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, All these who are speaking, aren't they Galileans? How is it that we each hear our own birth language? Parthenians and Medes Elamites, and those living in Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pompilia, Egypt and parts of Libya towards Siren and visitors from Rome, both Jewish people and the proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, 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 and Floridians, yeah, and Floridians. How y'all doing? (laughs) Sorry, y'all. Anyways. We hear them declaring in our own tongues, including Floridians, the mighty deeds of God. And they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to each other, what does this mean? Others poking fun were saying, they are full of sweet new wine. Let me uh, stop here. So, it was a miracle. People who called Amharis, people of the land, they, they were not uh, too smart. They didn't learn languages. Some I heard some jokes. Somebody says, 
Yeah, for 50 days they were gathered together and learned the other languages. <laughs> sure not. They were praying and the Lord gave them ability to speak other languages supernaturally. These were very simple people. This is why it was a miracle for people around them. From so many nations they were able to hear the glory of the Lord on them and worship to the, unto the Lord. But others, packing fun, were saying, they are full of sweet new wine. wine. Packing fun. Poking. Poking fun. Poking. Yeah, poking. 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 So some people, some people were doing uh, fun of them. What does it mean, Father? Remember when he shows uh, he he was taken unto the heavens. It says that some people believed, and some people don't. They all saw Yeshua raising from death and ascending to the heavens. Here's the same situation. And actually, I think, my opinion, when they were immersed in the Holy Spirit, it was baptism in the Holy Spirit, or immersion in the Holy Spirit, in my opinion, they were really drunk. Because people, when they looked at them, said, what's going on? They're full of sweet new wine. And you know, difference between old wine and new wine. Have you ever tried new wine? Uh, sweet, you know, sweet. It's, it's actually sweet. It means that it's, it's uh, strong. It has some, some strong strength in this. But new wine, it's, 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 it's really strong. So they were, they were drunk in the spirit. They were filled with the spirit. A few days ago, they were afraid of everyone. Now, they're brave. They went out proclaiming the good news of the Lord. And they were drunk in the spirit. I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I've, I had this experience in my life when I was drunk in the spirit. It's a very interesting experience. Please. And verse 38. Peter said to them, Repent, and let each of you be immersed in the name of the Messiah Yeshua for the removal of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh for the promises for you and your children, for all who are far away, as many as Adonai, our God, calls to himself. Interesting. So when people saw this miracle, Paul, Peter, I'm sorry, or uh, Shimon, he said, this is the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see the, the visible revelation of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Good. Very interesting. The gift of tongues is the supernatural speaking by the Holy Spirit in languages, and here is very important, that the speaker has not previously learned or understood. Otherwise, it's not a supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. And which the hearer does not necessarily understand. Not always. I remember a few times in my life I heard people praying in the towns. Um, and I remember once I, I heard that English, it was very clear, good English, much better than mine. 
And the lady who prayed, she never learned English in her life. Never, ever. Her name Tatiana, she prayed in giving glory to the Lord in, in her tongues. And I, after the prayer, I came to her and says, Tanya, where do you learn this language? She said, I don't know what I'm praying for. I have no idea, zero understanding of my prayer. But in her English, she praised the Lord, gave him glory, asked for miracles, and on and on and on. And I was there, I could hear her English, and it was interesting for me. So, the gift of various kinds of tongues is the sudden supernatural ability to speak in a language that is unknown to the speaker. It is unknown language or other tongues. This gift sometimes accompanied by the gift of the interpretation of tongues, and we will learn later, sometimes not, sometimes yes, which is a sudden supernatural ability to interpret what was said in an unknown language. I was also a witness of uh, times when people prayed in the Spirit, and we will learn these places of the Scriptures, and somebody, someone was able to interpret it. Actually, uh, part of my life I had experience. I was in the prayer meeting. I was 20 years old, I believe, or 19 years old. We had an interesting home group, always filled with the spiritual presence. It was such a beautiful time of prayer that uh, I remember me going there to this prayer meeting, prayer time, and I was I tried to remember all my sins during the day and confess it to, to the Lord because I was afraid that if I would come there, somebody would know about my sins. <laughs> Such an intense presence of the Lord. And I remember I came there, I was praying in tongues, we, we, we sat in the circle, and I'm praying about something and I'm thinking about, you know, I don't remember exactly what I'm thinking about, but something so far from super spiritual things. And the lady who sits close to me said, I know what you're praying about. And I said, okay, I don't know. You know, tell me what. So then she told me that I prayed, Lord, here I am, send me. Here I am, send me. And little I know at that moment that in a few months, I went to Odessa, Ukraine, to study in architecture college, college, where I was immersed in the Messianic movement and became a part of Messianic community there, became a part of festival, a Messianic festival, Messianic congregation, active part, and all my life journey started from this small home group meeting with me praying in tongues, in spiritual language, without zero understanding what I'm praying for. And this lady interpreted to me, Here I am, send the Lord. In one month or so I was in Odessa, and I remember the prayer in small details, everything about it. This interpretation of tongues, this time. So, the Lord is good. So, <laughs> thank you all the time. So, this language can be angelic, or heavenly origin, or human. It's up to the Lord. For example, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1. If 
I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. <laughs> Here we have tongues of men. For example, that English language, English, or or of angels, angelical language, which was given to specific moment to specific people, and we'll talk about it later. What's the difference between them? And the next place it's First Corinthians twelve twenty eight. God has put into his community first emissaries, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then healings, helps, leadership, and various kinds of tongues. Wow. Various kinds, again, kinds. It's not about various languages, but various kinds of tongues. And we just read angelic tongues and uh, human also. So, various kinds of tongues, God gives a wide variety of languages. We should not wonder why we all pray in different tongues. You know, sometimes we can pray in the intercessory group. And if you notice, we, don't, we, we do not pray in the Shabbat service on tongues. It's according to the scriptures, First Corinthians, we are doing it orderly. But when we pray in the intercessory group, sitting together, we know each other, we trust each other, we trust the Lord. We, every one of us, we pray different tongues, different kind of tongues. So the gift of tongues is not the knowledge of foreign languages, because it's, it is a supernatural gift, one of the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. This gift has nothing to do with the mind of, or intellect of a person. It doesn't matter. And specifically, these people, 12 apostles, or 11 apostles at the moment, they were Amhas, people of the land. They were without high degree. If the message in a human language, then there may be people who speak that language to whom the message is direct. It is possible. And um, I know many stories about people who were praying in tongues and people around them, they were able to understand this prayer. And some mysteries were revealed to other people, which is interesting and supernatural. So, Acts chapter 2, verse 5 through verse 12. Now, Jewish people were staying in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound came, the crowd gathered. They were bewildered because each were hearing them speaking in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, All these who are speaking, aren't they Galileans? How is it that we each hear our own birth language? Parthenians, the Medes, and Elamites. I'm and sorry there. You see the picture. And they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to each other, What does this mean? So the gift of the Spirit in this direction, it was the sign to unbelievers, to people who were around them. So again, one more time. The gift of tongues is not the knowledge of foreign languages, but the supernatural ability that comes from the Holy Spirit. It is about supernatural tongues. I would like to talk about three different manifestations of the gift of speaking in other tongues, or three different kinds of languages. And I would like to do it according to the scriptures. And if you want to write the scriptures for yourself, and think about them at home, 
you'll find a lot of good things. So, first uh, kind or direction of manifestation, a sign for those who believe. Sign not for unbelievers, but for those who believe. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 17. We remember, yeah? Uh, in my name they will dr uh, drive out demons. They will speak new languages. It is a sign to those who believe in Yeshua. Very interesting. The second place, very interesting as a sign. Acts chapter 10, verse 24 to verse 48. The following day, he entered Caesarea. Caesarea, I cannot speak tonight. Cornelius was waiting for them and had called together his relatives and close friends. As Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. So, it was a dilemma. Jewish people received Yeshua the Messiah and they were immersed in the Holy Spirit. And if you remember, they start speaking tongues and praying different languages. And Gentiles, they were not allowed to become a part of first Messianic community at that moment because they were not kosher. And many Messianic believers, Jewish believers, they thought that before Gentiles would be able to participate in the faith of Yeshua, they need to become Jews first. And you know the story in this chapter 10, when Peter went out to pray and he saw all these kind of unkosher animals. And the Lord told him, I sanctify them. Follow me. It was not about animals. It was about people from other nations. Peter understood it. And here is the very interesting moment. So Cornelius, he was not a Jew. He was far from Judaism. And Peter, led by the Holy Spirit, came to his house with the good news of Messiah. My opinion, he had zero experience and he had zero knowledge what to do in these circumstances. He went there and he spoke about Yeshua the Messiah. Maybe he had planned, okay, now I will talk to him about talk to them about the Lord, then I will be able to uh, bring them into Jerusalem, they will go and they become proselytes, and then I will introduce them to the Holy Spirit, and then I will immerse them, and let us do everything orderly. I think it was in his mind, probably. But let us go uh, forward. As Peter entered, Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him. But Peter pulled him up, saying, Stand up, I too am just a man. Talking with him, Peter went inside and found many people gathered. He said to them, You yourselves know that it is not permitted for a Jewish man to associate with a non-Jew or to visit him. Yet God has shown me that I should call no one unholy or unclean. So I came without objection when I was sent for. I asked them, What is the reason why you sent for me? Cornelius declared, Four days ago at this hour I was praying Mincha in my house. Suddenly... A man stood in front of me in shining clothes. He says, Cornelius, your prayer has been heard, and your tzedakah remembered before God. Therefore, send to Joppa and ask for Simon, who is also called Peter. He is staying in the house of Simon the Tanner by the sea. So I sent for you immediately, and you have been kind enough to come. Now then, we are all here 
before God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, I truly understand that God is not one to show favoritism, but in every nation, the one who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to B'nai Israel, proclaiming shalom through Messiah Yeshua. He is Lord of all. You know the message that has spread throughout all Judea, beginning from Galilee after the immersion that John proclaimed. You know how God anointed Yeshua of Nazareth with, with the Ruach HaKadosh and power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, because God was with him. We are witnesses to all he did, both in, Judea, both in the Judean countryside and in Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him, on a tree, but God raised him up on the third day and caused him to be to be visible, not to all the people, but to us, witnesses who were chosen beforehand by God. We ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead, and he commanded us to proclaim to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who put, puts his trust in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Ruach HaKadosh fell on all those hearing the message. All the circumcised believers who came with Peter were astonished because the gift of the Ruach HaKadosh had been poured out even on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speaking in tongues and magnifying God. Then Peter answered, Can anyone refuse water for these to be immersed who have received the Ruach HaKadosh just as we did? So he commanded them to be immersed in the name of the Messiah Yeshua. Then they asked for him to stay for a few days. Wow. It is supposed to be opposite, yeah? <laughs> but it, it is the Lord's order. So they received faith by hearing him preaching about Yeshua the Messiah. They were not Jews, they were Gentiles. But when they heard the message about Yeshua, Ruach HaKodesh immersed them. They were immersed in the Holy Spirit and something happened. First of all, they start praying in other tongues. And what's interesting about it, it was a sign not for them, but for apostles and for the Jewish believers. Because they were ready to, to do whatever is necessary, sacrifice them, bring them to the temple, make sacrifices, so they, they became a Jews and then introduced them to faith in Yeshua. But the Holy Spirit was merciful and everything changed because of the Holy Spirit. So it is a sign for believers in this case, for people who already believed in Yeshua. Why it's important? Because we need to understand that. I heard so many times that uh, Taz is the sign for unbelievers. Yes, it's one of the parts. We will know it later. But it's also a sign for believers that the Holy Spirit fell upon somebody. When they saw them speaking in tongues, they were sure that they were immersed in the Holy Spirit. Because that was the part of the sign of immersion in the Holy Spirit. It's very interesting to understand and necessary to understand and remember. The next place, Acts chapter 19, verse 1 through verse uh, 7. Sure. One comment. Not only was the gift of tongues, but the gift of interpretation was also there, right? Yeah. Because they oh. understood that they were extolling God and praising His name. 
probably no, well, it gets it's, it's possible yeah it doesn't say here, here this place but it's it's possible yeah because uh, you remember Yeshua said when, when we ask the Holy Spirit he will not give us the stone or the snake so it is a trust we trust the Lord I mean as with this every gift that uh, uh, prayer in the tongues or a spiritual uh, gift of tongues we need to trust the Lord we need to trust that we, if we receive the Holy Spirit it is Him it is not evil thing, it is Him yeah, and possible, yeah that the uh, interpretation of tongues more there too because it is part of the spiritual gifts Acts chapter 19 verse 1 through verse 7 while Paulus was at Corinth Paul traveled through the upper region and came to Ephesus. He found some disciples and said to them, Did you receive the Ruach HaKodesh when you believed? They replied to him, No, we've never even heard that there is a Ruach HaKodesh. One more interesting comment here. So, he found some disciples. Who disciples were? They believed in Yeshua. They were disciples. And disciples is a calling. It is a huge name, disciple. They were disciples gathered together. And he asked them about the Holy Spirit. They said, We don't we never heard about the Holy Spirit. We believe in Yeshua. That's it. He said, Into what were you immersed? They said, Into John's immersion. Paul said, John's John immersed with an immersion of repentance, telling the people that they should believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Yeshua. So they believed in repentance and come in Yeshua. Because it's a John, uh, it says here, John immersed in, immersed in the uh, repentance. Mm -hmm. When they heard this, they were immersed in the name of the Lord Yeshua. And when Paul laid hands on them, the Ruach HaKadosh came upon them. And they began speaking in tongues and prophesying. In all, there were about 12 men. Again, speaking in tongues and prophesying. Uh, this is one part of what I want to say. Uh, tongues is the sign for believers already. People who believe in Yeshua. So the second part or kind of languages is an individual prayer language. It is also part Very important. Uh, we need to see difference between uh, gift as the direction to represent the Lord Yeshua to other nations, and the gift of tongues as the prayer language, when nobody can understand you. So let us read First Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse one uh, through verse four. Pursue love and eagerly desire, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to people but to God. Well, one minute. We just read from second book of Acts. When they prayed in other tongues, people were able to understand them. In here, Rabbi Shaul speaks about different kind of tongues. For one who speaks in the tongues speaks not to people but to God, for no one understands. You see the difference between those two uh, tongues. Is it obvious? Mm -hmm. It's quite here. Mm -hmm. 
Agreement, disagreement, it's, it's fine. Two Jews, three opinions. No. So, 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 pursue love. Pursue love. Pursue love. So, spiritual gifts, it's not about division, it's about unity. This is why it says pursue love. Why? Because there are so many different kinds of, of tongues. Angelical, human, other kinds. Okay, please. For one who speaks in the tongues, yep. speaks not to people but to God. No one understands. But in Ruach he speaks mysteries. <laughs> but wow. But one who prophesies speaks to people for building up, urging on, and uplifting. One who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but one who prophesies builds up the community. Well, you see the different difference here. If in the book of Acts it was about people, it was signed, signed to unbelievers. It was to them to hear the word. In the book of uh, Acts, in different book of Acts chapters, different chapters, it was a sign for believers that they were sure that now Holy Spirit is coming upon these people. In this First uh, Corinthians chapter 14, it is about unknown tongues that nobody can understand. Spiritual language. One more. Verse 14, 15. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What is it then? I will pray in my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing praises with my spirit, and I will also sing praises with my mind. Again, for if I pray in a, to in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Do you see? Nobody can understand me. It is not towards people. It is directed to the Lord. The Lord can understand my prayer. The Lord hears my prayer. So, um, in my case, I like to pray in tongues. Because sometimes I don't know how to pray. I'm not wise enough to know how to pray. You know, you can have the same situation and you can have three ways to pray about this. Ten ways to pray. You don't know what, what the Lord wants. You're not sure how to pray. In this case, you pray in tongues. You just start praying in tongues. And, Lord, thank you. Yeah. I don't want to say amen because the Lord knows me. <laughs> the Lord is working through my prayer because He knows what I'm praying for. And His prayer always, always perfect. Wow. And Paul says, what to do? And he is a Jew, you know. Two Jews, three opinions. Different directions of tongues. And he says, what to do then? Do I need to stop praying tongues? Do I need to stop this gift? Do I need to hold on and not pray anymore? He said, no. I will pray in my spirit, but also pray in my mind. I will sing praises with my spirit, which is and I will also sing praises in my mind. He says, both are great. Don't limit the Lord by your 
believe or by your unbelief. Trust the Lord and move in what the Lord given to you. Amen. And verse 18. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Fact. It was part of his ministry. And he was very fruitful and very useful because he was able to hear the spiritual uh, world. And he was able to pray. He prayed a lot. More than all of you. More than all of them. Always constantly praying in tongues, in spirit, in mind, praising Lord in tongues, and praising Lord in mind. Both are great. Romans 8, verse 26 and 27. This is one of the key verses I love about the uh, spiritual language, individual prayer language. Also, I call it angelic language, because it's not to people, it's up to the Lord. Romans 8, 26, 27. In the same way, the Ruach helps in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we should, but the Ruach himself intercedes for us with groans too deep for words. And he who searches the hearts knows the mind of the Ruach, because he intercedes for the Kedoshim according to the will of God. So, groans too deep for words. Can you read the description of this word? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, unutterable. Unutterable. That baffles words. Or baffling. Sometimes uh, people who start praying in tongues, in prayer language, can pray very funny. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed sometimes, like, some words, like... But the Lord, He knows this language. He understands our prayer. I love how He uh, likes uh, Nigunim. It is part of Jewish tradition. Nigunim is the uh, song without words. When we, we do songs, we have Nigunim. And it is part of Jewish tradition. Even rabbis of ancient, they taught that when we pray in Nigunim, unknown language, unknown words, the Lord knows our hearts. And these were unbelieving rabbis who didn't believe in Yeshua, who were not filled with the Holy Spirit. They taught about that. We are believers in Yeshua, the Messiah, believe in the Holy Spirit, we believe in Yeshua with all full of gifts. We can use these gifts, because it is the gifts of the Holy Spirit for us. Sometimes the spiritual language can be very wild. I remember, uh, me personally, experienced sometimes uh, when I cried unto the Lord. I just cried. Hysterical. It was just time of hysterical. <laughs> and you know, it was the prayer. It was the prayer. If you remember Hannah, what was the lady yeah, who prayed for, for child, child, children, for child, and high priest came and he saw her and said, are you drunk? What are you doing here? Can you imagine how she acted there? That even high priest thought that she's drunk. It was her prayer. She prayed in the Spirit. It's a great gift. So please. Uh, Jude uh, chapter 1, verse 20. But you, loved ones, continue building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Ruach HaKodesh. In the Spirit. 
Keep yourselves in the love of God, eagerly waiting for the mercy of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, that leads to eternal life. Yeah, amen. So it was the second kind of promise. First was the sign for believers. This was, and uh, as a sign for believers, people sometimes they could underst- understand what happened. And this was prayer language. And the third one, third kind of languages, spiritual language. I call it for public service. For public service. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 6 through 13. But now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I speak to you by way of revelation or knowledge? Okay, again, difference. What's the difference between them? He's saying, uh, I benefit myself. Hmm. And here he's saying, how can I benefit you? How can I benefit you unless I speak to you by way of revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? It is the same for lifeless things that make a sound, like a flute or a harp. If they make no distinction in the tones, how will what is played be recognized? For if the trumpet makes an unclear sound, who will prepare himself for battle? So also with you, with your tongue, unless you utter speech that is intelligible, how will what is spoken be understood? For you will be talking to the wind. It may be that there are many kinds of, of languages of the world, and none without meaning. If, then, I do not understand the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker will be a foreigner unto me. Likewise with you, since you are zealous for spiritual gifts, keep trying to excel for the building up of the community. Therefore, let one who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. Amen. So it is about ministry or service in the congregation, or congregational service. This is why we never prayed in tongues when people who who are not believers are here because they won't understand what we are doing and I, I remember my experience I was in some conferences some meetings that when all people are were praying in tongues loudly and you know it's their way to do but I can tell you um, for people who don't believe in Yeshua or Jesus to go there sometimes it's very tough difficult experience what are you doing here? Can anybody translate what's happening around me? And again, it's not about prayer ministry, it's about uh, congregational meetings as Shabbat services. I will talk about it later. First Corinthians chapter 14, verse 27. If someone speaks in a tongue, let it be by two or at most three, and each in turn, and let one interpret. But if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in the community, but speak to himself and to God. It's in the congregational meetings. Do you see here? Everything's supposed to be in order. Everything's supposed to be understandable for people. So I believe the primary use of speaking of tongues in tongues is the is in the private devotional life of each believer. Or when we come together for a prayer meeting, we can pray tongues, and it's a beautiful thing to do because we all believers we know what we are doing. The Corinthians, however, were coming together and spontaneously speaking in tongues without any interpretation. And of course, no one was being helped or edified by it. They were coming together and they were so proud about their gifts. You remember why Paul said, it's not about you, it's about the Lord and community. They were coming together and they were so proud. 
and all the time of ministry were speaking tongues. Balagan. Paul saying, stop. Keep order. Wait for each other. One way to differentiate between the public use of tongues and the private use of tongues is to classify the private use as praying in tongues and the public use as speaking in other tongues. Paul mentions both uses in the 14th chapter of his first letter to the Corinthians. What are the difference? When we pray in tongues, our spirits are praying to God and nobody understands it. Yet, when someone is suddenly anointed with the gift of various kinds of tongues, it is a message from God to the congregation, and it is understood once the interpretation is given. You see the difference? When the Lord is filling you with the Holy Spirit to speak in tongues, you have somebody who can interpret it. According to scripture, we can pray in tongues as we will, but the gift of various kinds of tongues only operates as the Holy Spirit wills. And we need to be careful to understand when the Lord wants to pray through us loudly. Sometimes it happens. But very careful about that. The gift of various kinds of tongues would normally be accompanied by the gift of the interpretation of tongues. The private use of praying in tongues, however, would normally not be interpreted. Paul said that when he prayed in tongues, his mind is unfruitful. Amen. So, um, Paul's instructions to the Corinthians were very specific. In any given gathering, the number of people who were permitted to speak out publicly in tongues was limited to or three during their public services. It's very important. They should not all speak at once, but should wait and speak in turn. And 1 Corinthians 14.23 if therefore the whole congregation should assemble together and all speak in tongues, and ungifted men or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you are mad? I'm sorry. <laughs> so, that was precisely the problem in Corinth. Everyone was speaking in tongues simultaneously, and often there were no interpretations. So, um, I would like to ask you, uh, were I... Was I uh, understandable today? Yes. It's a huge uh, subject. I just want to say that there are many different kinds of tongues, angelic tongues used in the uh, personal prayer, uh, known tongues when the Lord can uh, push you or give you some tongues that you can pray during the service or somewhere else in unknown position, situation, when people can understand you. Sometimes it can be gift of tongues when you can pray in other tongues and somebody can interpret it. And it's a beautiful, it's the same as a prophecy. I just told you that my story when I prayed and this lady told me, I know what you're praying for. I said, okay, how can you know? I don't know. And she told me, Lord, here I am, send me, Hineni. And in one month, few weeks, I'm in Odessa doing something I never was, would imagine to do. All my life turned upside down after this prayer. So beautiful. So now I want to ask uh, one or two testimonies about other tongues. If you have this testimony in your life, when somebody or you prayed in tongues and people, thank you, please. Um, 
So I was leaving a church meeting with some other girls, and it was late at night. There was a woman on this side of the road. It's December. She's got a blanket wrapped around her. It's freezing cold. She's barefoot. And my girlfriend driving said, we're going to stop and help her and give her some money and see if she needs help. And she was all battered, so we were going to take her to a shelter to get help. And when we approached her, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, I need you to watch and pray because you're going to see something you've never seen before. And I had been questioning demons and, you know, like, are these real? We have science, we have medicine, computers, you know, is this even real? And so um, as we approached, she took to the one girl, but she wasn't, like, she didn't want to talk to me or the other girl. So I just stood back and started praying in tongues in my head. I wasn't moving my lips. I wasn't doing anything weird. I was just looking and looking around and praying in the spirit. And she whips her head around and she said, stop it. I said, stop it. And I did because <laughs> I was shocked. And it was in her voice. It wasn't some weird voice. But the girl next to me said, what are you doing? And I just said, I'm praying. Praying in tongues quietly. So she started talking again, and I started praying in tongues again, and she whipped her head around again and said, I told you to stop it. And so um, it convinced me that um, because I was struggling with, was the tongues real? Was I making it up? Is this something I'm imagining? And, but that convinced me beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord uses it and it affects the spiritual world, and it's powerful. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. I had a, uh, Ann and I were uh, helping an immigrant family 20, about 20 years ago, and the, um, the younger sister called me, and she said, and, and pigeon English, Wally Sick, Wally, W-A-L-I was his name, her older brother. And the Lord just compelled me to cut my routine and go to the apartment. The mother was gone with the other three children, on doctor's appointments with another family taking her. When I got in my car, I started wailing in the spirit. I mean, just wailing and travailing and praying in the spirit. And it was very, it was not voluntary. It didn't feel very voluntary, but it was very wet, sobbing, it was like travailing. And I got to the apartment and I got out and it lifted. So I went upstairs and I saw the young man, he's 15 years old, laying on the floor with a pillow around his head. And I said, well, I said, let's go. I took him to the outpatient center, it used to be in Memorial Hospital parking lot, there's an ambulatory and I took him in. He's Asian, I'm Caucasian, I have no authority, but they took him in. And the physician came out and she said, take him home. And when his mother comes back, bring him back. And I said, please don't send him home. And she said, well, it's just a headache. If by 12, if he's not better, she'll give him some aspirin. If he's not better by 12, then bring him back with, with his mother. And I asked her, please don't do that. So she said, I will give him an injection that would get rid of an elephant's headache for 15 minutes, in her words. Five minutes later, she came out. She says, get his mother here. They're coming across the parking lot with a gurney to take him to the emergency room. And within an hour, they had him in surgery, and they did a craniotomy to relieve swelling on his brain. Mm -hmm. And uh, he would have died had I taken him home. He would have died had I stayed home. I didn't know any of that. But the Holy Spirit prevailed on me to save his life. Wow. 
and, and it was a kind of a, so sometimes for me, training spirit's voluntary. This was compulsion. This was like being drafted by the Lord in service. That's my experience. Thank you very much. Yeah. Such a mystery, such a good, good testimony. Yeah. Yeah, please. I love. Oh, okay, this is not my favorite thing to do. Um, I always tease everyone and say I, I raised myself Baptist because I went to a Baptist church that was just down a couple miles from my house all my life. What I was about, I was in the 70s, so I was, probably, I was still probably 17 or so. But I drove. Um, and I lived in California, so Los Angeles and beyond. Um, my mom probably doesn't know I did this, but <laughs> I remember at the church at one point um, was kind of being Baptist. They didn't believe in tongues or any of those kind of things, but it was kind of splitting. And I had a lot of friends that were kind of involved with that, but there was a lot of revival <coughs> stuff going on. And I wanted to know more. I was always been searching for more. And I listened to the radio and stuff too, and I can't tell you who it was, but I know I went to Costa Mesa, and I know it was a tent, and I know it was a revival time. And I remember I was sitting, and I can't tell you who the speaker was. It could have been Billy Graham. It could have been Chuck Swindoll. It could have been any of those people, because I know that they're all in that realm down there. But I was sitting there, and I was listening. I was listening to the speakers, and then someone just broke out in tongues. And so I'm just like, whoa, that's my first experience for that. But then somebody started coming down the aisle, and they started speaking, and the person that was speaking in the tongues ended up being speaking in their language, and I believe at the time it was Swahili, and he was saved. Mm -hmm. And I remember that. So that was very impressive to me. But I know I spent a really long time going back to the Baptist church and not really absorbing it then. It took until what we live in Oregon, I think, I would even kind of accepted the tongue experience from from that and then yeah and from the different things that we went to those yeah apostle churches and stuff and which was also a very interesting time because I was struggling with it in my mind and we were at a Pentecostal church we were invited there and they had a speaker there, and the guy literally came down the aisle and said, you, you have a doubt. <laughs> and then he just like prayed over me and that is it. So I'm like, well, all right. So I just want to tell you that, um, again, the Lord is giving gifts whomever, however he wants to give. It's up to him. This is why I said different kinds of tongues. But I would like to ask you not to limit the Lord by your faith, your trust, your understandings of things. Because He is much better. And why we read so many places of scriptures? Because it is in the Bible. We just read scriptures after scriptures. Nothing but the scriptures. And you see it here. So, if it is in the Bible, it is truth. By the way, the same story with me. I was also part of the Baptist church with the pastor who was a Baptist pastor, Jewish, Jewish Baptist. Ooh. Ooh, what, a, what a combination, Jewish Baptist. 
And the guy came to our place. I don't know how he descended there, how they allowed him to speak something. He preached about the Holy Spirit in that Baptist church. And I get so mad, so mad. How it is possible that I am in the Lord and I, I don't know about it. And who are you? And after getting uh, involved in discussion with the guy, his name Andre, I was immersed in the Holy Spirit and I remember that gift of, of tongues um, just crushed in my life. So, uh, thank you very much. We, we need to pray. He can change your tongue too. Yeah, he can change tongue. So, what I want to say, my very important part here, again, let us say together, different kind of tongues. Different kind of tongues. So, it is for unbelievers as a testimony, it is for believers as a sign, and it is a prayer language for people who pray in tongues. But, um, again, love is the most important thing. It is not about division, it's about unity. It's about gifts of the Holy Spirit. And it's a part of the gifts. So let us pray together. Um, I would like to pray over you, if you want. Let us stand together, and I want to anoint you and pray for you. And then we will pray for each other. We will take time in prayer for each other. Please come forward. Yeah. Let us do uh, What is the uh, most significant gift of the Holy Spirit? You know what? There is no such a thing as most significant. Every gift of the Holy Spirit is so important. There is not bigger gift or smaller gift. There is no uh, tongues and prophecy. Or there is no prophecy and uh, understanding of spirits. Every spiritual gift is important because it is gifts of the Holy Spirit. And again, I would like to remind, when the Holy Spirit is in, in, in working, when He is in move, when He is moving, everything is possible. Everything is possible. Even donkey can speak. <laughs> I'm just wondering, what kind of language donkey used in the moment? I'm pretty sure it was spiritual gift. I'm pretty sure donkey speaks in angelic language. And the prophet was able to understand this language. Because, you know, yeah, because you know why? Because, I mean, Dargis tongue cannot spell Hebrew. It's hard, you know. Chavarim, you know. Shabbat Shalom. I don't think donkeys can talk this language. So it was spiritual, supernatural gift of the Holy Spirit. So please, please think about it. And... I would like to ask the Lord to fill us with uh, 
with this gift and use us in this direction and let us that he will enable us to speak to people from another nations supernaturally and also he will enable us to use our prayer language and not be afraid and just trust the Lord it is his will it is normal it is okay it is in the Bible it is in scriptures it is what he wants for us Lord we thank you for this time we thank you for this spiritual anointing in this place Lord, I thank you for your love and for your unity and for your blessing on this place, Lord. I thank you for the presence of your spirit here. I can feel your presence, Lord. I can see your hand. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are talking to us, speaking to our hearts, changing our lives, filling us with your gifts and moving through us. I pray that your anointing right now fell upon these people, Lord. Anoint them. Anoint us, Lord, in the name of Yeshua. And just ask, Lord, if you want to have your spiritual language, just ask the Lord, and he will give it to you.